Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're so glad you've joined us for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a new series entitled The Voice. In a noisy world, how do believers train themselves to tune out all the secondary voices and listen to God? In this series, we'll be learning how to listen and apply the voice of God in our daily lives. Now here's Dr. Benji Kelly with this week's podcast. You guys doing good? Welcome. We're so glad you are here. We are uh, New Hope Church, if you're a guest. One church, many locations. And uh, I've heard a few stories lately that uh, I believe have really just kind of brought a fresh light on what it means to be one church, many locations. Let me tell you about it. We had a family that actually moved from Garner, North Carolina to Columbia, South Carolina. And because they did so, they were able to find an awesome community of faith just like this. I'm talking about Steve and Missy Lines. And when they pulled up to Columbia, South Carolina, to their new living place, there was a team from the Columbia campus. I'm talking about the Mickey Mouse hands and all <laughs> that welcomed them to their community of faith. The same time, we have a family named the Gore family who they moved from Sanford, North Carolina to North Raleigh. And I was in North Raleigh last week and they showed up because they wanted to have the New Hope experience in North Raleigh. We are one church, many locations. And you might, you might, consider, it, you might consider it like a, you might consider it like the New Hope Network sprawling all over the Carolinas and even into Nairobi to reach people for Jesus, teach them the Bible, and release fully devoted followers and other churches to the glory of God all over the planet. Now, that's a good place for an amen. Amen? Unbelievable. So as such, I want to just encourage you, if you're here, if you've never visited a campus or if you're at any of our other campuses and you've never come to Central Campus, I really just want to keep encouraging you to visit other campuses. Then you land wherever it works for you. But it enables you to really get a sense of the, the scope, the magnitude of what God is doing here. So let's welcome all of our campuses. And I never take for granted the Central Campus. So first of all, it is my joy and honor to welcome you to the Central Durham campus. We want to welcome the Garner campus as well, the Sanford campus. We want to welcome the Coffee House campus. We want to welcome the North Raleigh campus. I was over there last week, had a great time. I even shot a video for them this week. We love you guys. We're praying for you over there. Hey, we want to welcome the Daughters of the King at NCCIW. We have a campus in a prison, and it is the only campus that we don't want to grow. Like, I, 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 I'm not encouraging you to go there. But if you do, we got a campus there for you. Columbia, can't, hey, Columbia is making history today. They're having their very first baptism on location. And um, Aaron McClurg, who is the campus pastor, came out of the business construction world. He owned his own construction company. And that dude built that baptistry this week in preparation for that baptismal. Isn't that awesome? Unbelievable. 
television, internet community, we welcome all of you and New Hope Nairobi, which their core group is cranking and rocking and doing outreach, and they're going to be launching in, I think it's July, and in fact, in just a week or two, we've got a group going from uh, the states to Nairobi to help them do outreach for a week, and then we have another group going the week that they're launching the campus to be about this grand opening. If you're excited about New Hope Nairobi, let me hear a strong amen. Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, a few more things, and then we're jumping right in. If you if you like, you want to get to the Bible real quickly, good. Open up Matthew three because that's where we're going. Matthew chapter three. Uh, but a couple more things in passing. Um, we had a membership class this Monday, and I always like to celebrate those of you who joined the church. And it was uh, pretty much one of the largest membership classes that we have ever experienced. And I know it was one of the largest. Uh, turnouts of those who actually signed the membership covenant. We had well over a hundred people sign the membership covenant this week. Let me show you, hold on, hold on. Let me show you some pictures first and then we'll clap. Let me show you some pictures of the campuses. Here is the Garner campus. Good looking group of people right there. Let's go to the Sanford campus. Good looking group of people right there. Columbia campus is going to be doing it later. And North Raleigh came over here. Here's the central campus membership class. My, 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 my. Welcome all of those members. Welcome them. Two more things. Uh, we already mentioned it. Most of you heard about it, but I just want to say, if you are a member or if you just joined the church, do not miss the Cinco de Mayo uh, membership meeting tomorrow night. Don't worry about supper. We've got uh, some Mexican finger food up in the house, so be here at 630. We'll eat. We have child care, okay, child care and uh, we are rolling at 6.30, one of the most important meetings our membership body will ever have. Very excited about that. And last but surely not least, um, have you enjoyed the series, The Voice? Yeah, it's really been a, a game changer, but I don't want it to end. And so um, we've put together a six-month reading plan for you to join me in reading the New Testament in six months. Will you do that with me? Good. I hope all of you do who just said you will. That's awesome. Six-month reading plan. Uh, it's going, I'm sorry, a 40-day reading plan. My bad, completely. A 40-day plan to read um, the New Testament. And you can go to my blog at benjikelly.com. It's all electronic. Go to my blog. Click on the reading plan. It's in the right-hand upper corner. And there's a place for you to check off the reading every single day. We're going to read the New Testament in 40 days. Are you in? in? Are you? Oh, I love it. I love it. I hope all the campuses felt the same way. Hey, let's pray. To, let's pray today and then we're in it. <clears throat> Father, uh, thank you for this day. Thank you for your people who have gathered to worship you. God, thank you for this series. Thank you for your voice. God, would you speak to us right now? We are open, we are available. We need to hear from you this day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's bring closure to the, the series, The Voice. I want to wrap up this series, and I want us to look at the passage in Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17. And I want to go old school for a moment. I want to invite you to stand up in honor of this incredible passage of Scripture, Matthew 3. Verses 13 through 17. If you're ready for the word of the Lord, say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee 
to the Jordan to be what church? To be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Verse 15. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him and a, and a what? There's that voice we've been going after, church. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love and with whom I am well what? May God bless the reading and now the preaching of his word. You can be seated. So check this out. Let me tell you on the front end that I have a goal in mind. I have a goal in mind today. And it is to move you from that seat that you're in today to take the plunge into the waters of baptism today and hear his voice over your life. If I could just put the title, uh, uh, um, the message in a title, one sentence would be this. Take the plunge and hear his voice. Yes, I am trying to persuade you, convince you, challenge you, encourage you to get baptized today if you have not had a meaningful, powerfully profound, spiritually significant baptism. I am here to move you. Take out your teaching notes and grab that pen. Number one, here's the first thing I would say to you today. Baptism is not optional. It is extremely important. Won't you read it out loud with me so it sinks in? Ready, go. Baptism is not optional. It is extremely important. Look at the verse, verse 13 again. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Now, now, come on. Here's what we would do. We'll just skip right over that verse, won't we? It's easy. It's an easy verse to skip right over. But Jesus came from where? To where? To the Jordan River. Now, if you've been to the Holy Land, and some of you have been there with me, and if you have not been there with me, but you want to go with me, mark your connect cards. I'm taking a group to the, to the Holy Land in 2015, May, so it's about a year from now. Very, very excited about this. Mark your connect card. You'll get information from my assistant. But if you've been to the Holy Land, you know this. From Galilee to Jordan is 60 miles. Now, again, you would skip right over that verse if you don't think about the geography of it. It was how far? 60 miles. Jesus walked 60 miles to get baptized. That tells me that's a very important, spiritually significant sacrament. I mean, guys, I was in my family room the other day, and I didn't even want to walk to my kitchen to get some cheeses. <laughs> And so I did what any good parent would do. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. I begged my firstborn, Benjamin, who you see him in the cafe. First, I called him in there. I didn't tell him what it was for first. You never tell him first. You get him, you get him on the move. I got him to come into the, to the family room and stand by my recliner as I blessed him. 
told him how much I loved him, how proud I was of him, how he was a handsome, fine young man. Now, would you do your old man a favor? Son, would you walk into the kitchen and get your daddy some Cheez-Its? <laughs> and he did. Like, like, I didn't even want to walk to the kitchen. How, how many of you have run marathons? How many of you have run 5Ks? 5Ks, 5Ks. I've run, I've run those. How many of you have run 10Ks? How many of you have run a half marathon? I've done a couple half marathons, right? How many of you are just cray-cray? You run a full marathon. I honor you people. Like, you're, you, like a full marathon is 26.2 miles. I've run two halves. I have no desire to run a full. <laughs> I thought I was going to die with the half. But a full is 26. Jesus walked how far? 60 miles to get baptized. It is that important, church. The Bible does not say form a committee. Employ Robert's rules of order and take a vote on whether or not you are to get baptized. The Bible says get baptized. And the most consistent and biblically faithful way, listen, to publicly profess your faith in Christ is through baptism. It's not the old school altar rail. And there's nothing wrong with an altar. By the way, I hear that from a lot of you. Sometimes. Why don't y'all have an altar? You know? And I, I, man, I, I, don't, I don't knock the altar. I, just, I praise God for all the lives that were changed on the altar. Amen? Right? But, but some of you come from traditions, man, where they, the pastor would give the altar call, right? And nobody would come forward. And that dude was not going to stop until somebody came forward. <laughs> We're going to sing 16 verses of just as I am. And you're back there in the back going, dude, would somebody please just go forward? I'm saved, but I'm going forward so we can go to lunch. Right? <laughs> Nothing wrong with the altar rail. But I, when we built this building, you know, we decided we, decided we were going to. And, and, and people come forward sometimes. And by the way, you're always welcome to come forward. This happens from time to time, and people kneel down here, and again, I'm not knocking it, but as I read the scriptures, and as we decided to build this building, we made a public statement in that baptistry pool out there, and now the one that Columbia has out front, and the statement was this, the most important public way that someone identifies with Christ and publicly professes their faith in Christ is baptism. Have you done that. It is not optional, church. It is incredibly important. If you're a note taker, write this down. Number two, it is time I get past my objections. Let's just read the points today. We normally don't do that. We normally just read the scripture verses. But again, I want you to read these and let them settle in. Ready? Go. It is time I get past my objections. Now, I think that one is so important, and you got so many objections. I want you to read it one more time, really strong at all of our campuses. Ready? Go. It is time I get past my objections. John 3, 14, the same passage. Look at this. But John tried to, what? Tried to deter him. 
saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? I mean, John was even putting forth some objections. And as I'm preaching on this right now, here's what I know that I know that I know. Most of you are sitting in here, and right now you've already started to formulate objections in your mind. So let me just address some of those objections. Ladies, I'm going to try to be sweet. You know what women's most popular objection is? My makeup. Or, or, somebody's, or my hair. Now, ladies, I love your makeup. And I love your hair. <laughs> this is not in the script. Somebody just, this just reminded me of this. Pastor in, in Kentucky, when I was doing my doctor work, he told this story. He said, people in here, nobody's ever asked me this at this church, just keeping it real. So I don't hear these questions here. But in some traditions, there are still questions about whether or not you should wear makeup or not. And so this pastor said he had a woman come and ask him one day, hey, should I wear makeup? Is it okay? And he said, well, it's like this. If you got a barn and it needs painting, <laughs> paint that bad boy. Amen? So, um, <clears throat> <laughs> I didn't expect that kind of response, but that's awesome. This pastor's passed on. He was a great man of God. He actually started the great, great, great Southland Christian Church right outside of Lexington. But ladies, no offense. I love your makeup. I love your hair. Nobody cares about your makeup and your hair when you publicly profess your faith in Christ. And you should not, oh, oh, you, you think you're clapping now. Wait, wait. You, you, you should not worry about it because can I just remind you that Jesus Christ hung on a cross for you. Jesus Christ spread wide his arms and allowed the sins of the world to splatter him on a cross, a spear in his side, a crown on his head, humiliated. So the next time you even start to object with your hair or your makeup, just think about what he did for you. Guys. I'm not going to leave you out there and not get you too. Sometimes you do the, I, 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 I'm too cool for it. Why, 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 I'm saved. I got Jesus in my heart. Why, what do I need to go getting wet for? I go to the lake. I go to the beach. I go to the swimming pool to get wet. Don't do the I'm too cool thing. Let me give you a few other objections. I just know I need to hit these. Here's one. I've already been baptized. And if you've already been baptized and you've had a significantly spiritual, profound experience as a believer, then you're right. You don't need to. But some of you are calling what your parents did to you as a child a baptism. And with all due respect, that wasn't a believer's baptism. That was a christening. Or that was a child dedication, which is what we do. And hear me out. I'm not knocking those. They're powerful. And we support them. And God bless your mama or your daddy or your aunt or your uncle who brought you before the church one day and some pastor prayed over you and the community agreed to raise you in the way of the Lord. That is awesome. Can I get an amen? I'm not knocking that. But that is not the biblical model of believer's baptism. The word in the New Testament is baptizio. What is it? You're a bunch of Greek scholars right there. It means to dunk 
fully immersed in the water. It is for believers because you don't dunk babies. You don't see babies baptized in the New Testament. You see believers. There are 27 references in the New Testament for believers getting baptized. And all of them come after a person has believed. So don't go calling your mama when you get to your car saying, my pastor said you just dead wrong. Don't do that. Don't call your mom. Don't call. Here's an idea. Why don't you see your adult believer's baptism as a continuation of that which God started in your life when you were an infant? Isn't that much better? Why don't you see your adult believer's baptism as an exclamation point on that which your parents and that community of faith and God started to do in your life way back then? Here's another objection. I'm scared. I'm scared, and I, listen, I, I don't want to make light of that. But I come bringing good news to you today. I've never had a single person drown in the pool. <laughs> I've never had a shark attack. I've never had anybody get hurt. Here's one. Benji, I'm a private person. Baptism, beloved, is not a private matter. It is a personal matter, right? There's a distinction. It is a personal matter between you and the Lord, but it is not private. That is why Jesus tells us to do it, because listen to me, we do not get the luxury of experiencing this faith in a private manner. I wish I had time to deconstruct the whole faultiness of American religion built upon the notion that religion or Christianity is a private matter. Again, Jesus Christ was a public, public spectacle for you. He declared to the Father, I'm willing to go. I am going to go on a life-saving mission. He hung on a cross for you. What if Jesus had said, you know what, Father, I don't want to go. Let's just do this in the back room somewhere. Let, let's keep this private. Instead, later on in Matthew's gospel, look at what he says in Matthew chapter 10. Why don't we read this out loud together? Matthew 10, ready, go. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Wow, watch this. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Those are the words of Jesus. And I hope they just leave them up there for just a moment. So you can just sit in that for just a moment. There's no room for wimpy, timid, private Christianity. And some of you have been sold a bad bag of goods. And you live out your Christian faith as if it is private. I'm not talking about becoming a flaming extrovert if you are an introvert. No, no, nothing wrong with being an introvert. I'm talking about, though, not selling out on your Lord 
and becoming ashamed of the gospel and ashamed of what he has done for you and ashamed that you are claimed and you are saved and you are forgiven and you are redeemed and you are a child of God. I'm talking about being bold in your faith and letting it be known that you are a born-again redeemed, washed in the blood, child of God. I'm talking about becoming Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Come on, church, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to who? To who? Everyone who believes. So some of you are sitting there and you're, you're making objections. There, there are no objections. Some of you need to get baptized today. And you're sitting there thinking, oh, I, don't, I don't have the right shirt on. I don't, have, I don't have shorts. We got you. What are you waiting on? What do you, oh, we got more than this. We got shorts for you too. We got jail for you to jail your head up after you get baptized if you want to get... We, we got stuff I don't even like to talk about on stage, if you know what I mean. We, we got whatever you need. So stop making excuses and stop making objections and stop putting off what God has called you to do. That's the third thing, and we're going to wrap up. Here's the third thing. Check it out. First is baptism is not optional. It is extremely important. Amen? Here's the second thing. Baptism, or it is time for me to get past my objections. Here's the third thing. I must get baptized A-S-A-P. I must get baptized. And yes, I'm using those words intentionally. Like when I went to school and I went to preaching classes, here's what professors would say. As a preacher, you shouldn't use the words must. Be careful with strong vernacular. Okay? I understand that most of the time. We're trying to be encouraging. Trying to be loving. But I must get baptized as soon as possible. This is about raising up and releasing fully devoted followers of Jesus. This is not a time for me to tiptoe through the daisies. This is a matter of extreme importance. And maybe you have lived your entire Christian life never hearing somebody confront you with this unbelievably important subject of getting baptized. That ends today. The Bible says this in that same passage, Matthew 3, verse 15. Did you see it? Matthew 3, verse 15. Look at what the Bible says. Jesus replied, let it be so. I think you can do better than that. I want to hear you at all of the campuses. Jesus replied, let it be so. Now. When? Now. now. For it is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Pay close attention to the underlined word, the one I intentionally put in all caps. Now! 
now. Now is the time. This is a matter of obedience. This is not optional. And I'm not, for those of you theologically astute people, I'm not saying this saves you. No, 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 baptism doesn't save you. Baptism declares to the world that you've been saved. And we've had over 470 people did it on Easter alone. So in the last month or so, we've had well over probably six or seven people who've accepted Christ at this church. You need to get baptized. When? When? Now. And others of you who've been walking with God forever and you've never had a powerful baptism celebration. Or maybe, maybe it happened when you were a child and it was meaningful but you kind of forgot it. Maybe somebody forced you into the water. Maybe, maybe it was that baby thing that I talked about. Or maybe you were walking with God but you, you kind of turned away from God. You haven't, you haven't been walking with God and, and now you're back and you're, you've rededicated your life to Christ and God is just blowing your mind and you're growing and You've never had a baptism since that started happening in your life. Some of you are like, but can I get rebaptized? Yes! I've been baptized three times. Three times. Now that's over a span of 26 years, but I first became a Christian back in South Carolina, age 18, got a job at a church, got baptized. Built this building five years ago, built that baptistry out there, and I wanted to. I want to, there's a link in scripture, by the way. This is a side note. I don't have time to really unpack this. But there is a notion in scripture that baptism also links you to a particular community of faith. And so I wanted to get baptized and be linked, wed, if you will, to this community of faith, hopefully, prayerfully, all the days of my life. I'm glad I got one amen by that. Thank you. <laughs> Just kidding. And then I went to the Holy Land. And we, we walked into the Jordan River, and the, the, the guy said, you know, according to antiquity, this is the place where we believe the best of our ability that Jesus was baptized. Well, I'm like, dude, dunk me now. Right? So I got baptized in the Jordan River. And some of you here, can I get rebaptized? The answer is yes. Now, if every time we have a baptism, you have floaties on, and you're standing in the front of the line. I'm going to talk to you and we're going to talk about maybe get some theological stuff worked out for you. But the Bible says now. Obedience. This is a very, very important point. Obedience leads to opportunities. People say to me from time to time, Pastor, how can I know the will of God? How can I know the will of God? Here's how you know the will of God. You know the will of God by knowing the word of God. Tweet that. You know the will of God by knowing what? Which is why this series has been so important. And when you know the will of God by knowing the word of God, you have things thrust upon you. And the way you live out the Christian faith is you just take a step in obedience. Some of you are like, I want opportunities. I want favor. I want blessings. Again, I want to repeat it again. Obedience now leads to opportunities later. And for many of you, the very first step you need to take is the step of baptism. Let me ask you this question, and I'm going to let you sit in this one for just a moment. How in the world can we claim that Jesus is Lord if we're not willing to do the very first thing Jesus did 
and the very thing he asked us to do as followers. Hello. Sit in that one for just a moment. How in the world can you or I claim that Jesus is Lord if we're not even willing to do the very first thing he did? This is, this is Jesus' coming out. This is Jesus' coming out in ministry. This is, this is when he stepped on the world stage to save us. How can we claim he is Lord if we're not willing to do the very first thing he did and that which he tells us to do as his followers? Come on, church. So Jesus confronted John. John said, no, 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 no. Objection. Jesus said, oh, it must happen now. He, I've walked 60 miles for this, John. And here's where the voice, here's where the voice comes in. I love this. Jesus goes down into the water. And did you catch the voice from heaven? Let's read it out loud together. Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Ready, go, church. As soon as Jesus was baptized... He went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. Let's continue. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Let's continue. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Leave it up there. Leave it up there. What you need to do today, a lot of you, there, there, some of you don't need to, but you need to get baptized now. Like, now. Like, I don't even mean 6.30 this afternoon. You're like, wait a minute, there's a baptism party this afternoon. I, I'm going to go home. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure my hair is appropriate for baptism. I'm going to get my little piggies done because I don't want y'all looking at my toes. I'm going to go get pumped up. And hey, you can do that. And this is going to work best for the campuses or North Raleigh. You guys can get in your car right now and head on over here. Like, we're still doing it this afternoon. But guess what? We're baptizing people now. Like, you need to get up in just a moment when I pray and we sing this song you need to get up and head toward the baptistry and quit delaying and you need to declare before God and this community of faith I am yours and here's the real cool thing if you do and if you'll listen closely I believe with ears of faith the Father's voice will thunder over you. This is my daughter. This is my son. I've adopted them. They are co-heirs with Christ. That's, that's, that's New Testament language. I've adopted them into the kingdom of God. And with this child, I am well pleased. I've been married this coming May, not this May, but next May. I will have been married 20 years. God bless. 
God bless Amy Lynn. And not only has she endured it, like she, she's like, she likes it. <laughs> she, she, not only has she endured me and put up with me, she like, she, she loves her wedding ring. And like, she loves her wedding ring like more than I could like imagine. And so to me, it's a significant thing. Yeah. But like, if I lost my wedding ring, it's not as much as hers, but like, if I lost my wedding ring, I'd say, oh, oh I'll just go get one. Right. I'll just go buy another one. But Amy's always been like, like, she, she, she freaks out over her wedding ring, man. She doesn't even like to take it off to get it cleaned. And so about six months ago, she was at a doctor's office and just doing like a checkup deal. And she looked down at her finger and the diamond was missing. <laughs> the lady just went, <gasps> right? So, so uh, she, she freaks out. And I said, well, what did you do? She goes, I got on my knees. And she, she said before she knew it, the other people in the office, they were all on their knees. And they were scurrying around the doctor's office. <laughs> and, and she found it. She found it. And so I, I said, well, well, let's go get it. You know, remounted and all, and we did. And again, I don't know how she puts up with me, but I love the fact that that woman, I had to fight her this morning to get this. <laughs> like, I love the fact that she does not ever, no, ever want to take this ring off. Because in her mind, and rightly so, that ring that she wears on her finger that I spent all my savings on when I first met her is her public statement to you, to God, and to the world that she's my bride. That's the best analogy and the best illustration I can give you for baptism. In the same way that a ring represents my ring to her, her ring to me. I belong to you. You are mine. You are my beloved and I am yours. Till death us do part. Baptism is the believer's way of saying to God, I am yours. You are mine. I will be yours till I die. Thank you for saving me. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So number one, you pray that I don't lose this today. So let me put it right back in my pocket. I got to do this four times. And number two, today is your day. Today is your day. May 4th, 2014 was the day I no longer walked in disobedience over the topic of baptism. But today was the day that I decided to follow Jesus 
right into the waters of baptism. And on May 4th, 2014, I took the plunge and heard the voice of God. I am now a baptized believer, not ashamed of the gospel. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray for holy boldness. I pray for courage. God, I pray that you would raise up a movement of people who are not ashamed of the gospel. God, that we would not ever be content on growing a church of complacent note takers, but a church that understands that if you say it, we're going to do it. This is a matter of obedience, God. I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would do that which I cannot do. That you would challenge, that you would convict, that you would encourage. For some people, God, this is going to be the boldest thing they've ever done for you. So God, have your way right now. For the campuses, God, as they will travel to this location later today. For those who might be so bold that they're going to get in the car right now and they're going to drive to this campus and get dunked in the name of Jesus. Father, for the people at the Columbia campus who are going to get up and walk out that door and get fully immersed in the waters of baptism, may your voice thunder down. May we hear you loud and clear. May we receive divine approval from you. This is my child, my daughter, my son, with whom I am well pleased. And God, as the waters of baptism wash over them, wash over them today and all the days of their lives and honor and bless them with opportunities, with favor, with blessings, with protection as a result of their obedience. God, thank you for what you're going to do. We praise you. In Jesus' name, we praise you. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. May God bless you and thank you for being a part of our church family.